Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined today by none other than Eric Nalene, publisher, InsideTexas.com, your source uh, for Longhorn football and recruiting news. Uh, Eric, uh, just talking about what we want to this is our weekly episode that uh, opportunity for you and I to uh, sit down and talk a little bit. Uh, a couple of things are on my mind this week, and I want to get your uh, take on them. Uh, one of which you wrote an article about uh, on Inside Texas earlier this week, and that's about the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like it was interesting. Uh, you didn't just, Eric, you didn't just talk about uh, where you thought it would start the season, right. where you thought it might end. Uh, and then also, I want to I want to get into some recruiting stuff because that's obviously what uh, the Longhorns are heavily focused on right now, uh, prior to uh, the start of fall practice. So let's let's get into first of all, welcome in. I didn't mean to take over the, the thing there, but uh, welcome in. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about what you're thinking on the offensive line and why you approached uh, that article the way you did. Well, first of all, it's a hard uh, it's a hard. Uh, chats to take on. I, I actually got on the phone with Ian Boyd for about 25 minutes. And at the end of it, we didn't know anything more than we knew at the beginning of it. Um, but that's in a good, that's a, it's a good thing, you know, because there's so many combinations and options that they have, uh, you know, the big limiting factor on being able to, to be more resolute on how it's going to go is just the, the youth of all the talent. You know, there's a point, uh, there's a point when these, in these competitions where the talent overtakes the experience and we just don't know where that's going to be in the season or, or, you know, if it's next season for some of them. Um, but there's no point in talking about where the offensive line is going to start because it's going to look a lot different by the end of the season. I'm pretty confident about that. Um, you mentioned they have a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, the, the five that you put up uh, as the starting for the season, Kelvin Banks at left tackle. So you're assuming mm-hmm. a, a true freshman is going to be out Andre Kerich and Jalen Garth, by the way, um, uh, Junior Angelau. Uh, Jake Majors at center, uh, Angela at guard uh, continues, Majors at center, Hayden Connor sticks at right right guard, and then Christian yeah. Jones starts at right tackle. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, those that seems to be where you're starting at. What I like uh, about what has happened here in a, a very quick amount of time is something that you just hit on. There's a lot of other players that could make noise that mm-hmm. that even aren't in yeah. that stop starting five. Whereas a year ago or two years ago at this time, it was like we were hoping somebody would would show up, right? Yeah, and it's this is going to be about who's the best. Yeah, it's an entirely different conversation to have. You know, I started the article out by by listing each player and what their ideal position is, starting with their best fit first and their the last place that they could conceivably play uh, third. And you know, Kelvin Banks is the only left tackle on the roster the way I look at it. Uh, I even have Christian Jones more as a guard than a tackle. Uh, I think he's a much better run blocker than he is pass blocker. So I think it's possible he even ends up at at, uh, at guard. The person that really hung me up on this is Hayden Connor because you know as I, I listed him at right guard uh, to start the season, but you know he finished spring playing left tackle quite a bit, and so it's still conceivable that he ends up there. 
uh, at least to start the season. But the, the key to offensive line is getting the right piece, pieces in the right place. You're not playing Trey Hopkins, who's a natural guard out at left tackle. Uh, you know, that's sort of what's hindered uh, Texas throughout the last decade. Uh, but now they've got the right, right pieces in the right place. They just have to kind of figure out exactly. They got to tweak it, fine tune it. And then they've got to really develop these younger, these younger players. And I think the, the way that they came in with the mindset, uh, what we've been reporting uh, is that those young players are going to make pretty, pretty quick jumps. Now they're not going to be anywhere close to being finished products. Um, you know, next spring is going to be a lot more interesting uh, than this fall, I think. But, you know, they're going to play just because some, uh, most of them, many of them are so talented. And don't, don't forget Cole Hudson. He's going to play too. You know, we've, we've been told he's going to play. And I think he's kind of one of the forgotten men in that group. Yeah. I was going to say this to you. It, it seems to me that Hayden Connor is kind of, I don't want to say he's the st straw that stirs the drink, no. but where he plays predicates a lot of other moves, right? Whether it's right. left tackle, right guard, but he is a guy that played very well in a short period of time last year, has a lot of upside. Yep. And so you're trying to bring that out of him and finding the right place for him. And then, there's some other guys that aren't necessarily as talented um, and, and junior Angelo, even though he's going to be a four-year starter is not necessarily a, a high, high level player. Yeah. Jake majors has, has been a good center for Texas, but he's not necessarily that, that, you know, future NFL guy that you right. might have. Um, and so it seems like it's almost like a, a Jenga puzzle or, or a Lego yeah. where you're trying to match everything together and get it right. Yeah, they're going to try Connor, you know, they're going to try him where they need him most first, and then they're going to try to get him to his right position if possible. You know, ideally, he's, he's not the left tackle that, that starts, you know, ideally, they have somebody better than him. That's not to say anything about Connor, because he's a talented uh, offensive line, and he, he very much fits what Kyle Flood is looking for. Um, he could play right tackle or he could play guard. You know, I don't see Anglo uh, being beat out this season. I, it just doesn't. It's hard for me to envision that happening. And, and majors, you know, I think the, the fans uh, don't appreciate how he's viewed behind the scenes. He's got some of the best leadership qualities on the, on the team and certainly the offensive line. He knows the offense um, and he's still young in his career. I think he's only a what, sophomore or about to be 30 years. Uh, uh, it's about to be his third year. I think he started about 13 games. Um, so he's still, he's still pretty inexperienced. He's still uh, putting on size and, and strength. So, uh, but yeah, Hayden Connor's the one I'm really watching. If they have him at left tackle and that tells you a lot about what they, how they view the rest of the line. Yeah. I mean, Let's talk about this because really it sounds like um, for the non-freshmen, just the, let's just take the non-freshmen, uh, Angelau, Majors, Christian Jones, Andre Karich, Jalen Garth. Those are the five, right? Uh, Max Merrill, not expected to contribute. Uh, Logan Parr, not expected co to contribute. Sawyer Gorham Welch just moved over um, yep. from defense. Does that sound about right for you? So there, there's definitely a spot here for the freshmen to, to step in. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Cam Williams might – I had Cam Williams, I think, finishing right the season at right tackle uh, just because, you know, I don't think Christian Jones uh, is a good enough pass protector, and they're going to need pass protection, especially as the season gets on. I think they're going to open up the playbook a little bit more. They're going to want to look the ball, to get the ball downfield. It'll probably be a little less reliant on Bijan as the season wears on. Uh, Neto Umi Ozulu, I, I barely mentioned him in the article, but he can end up being a starter. Devon Campbell, of course, could end up starting just on, you know, just on his athleticism and strength and brute force. I mean, he's a he's a load. So, you know, these guys can get by on athleticism to some degree, but you still have to find the right combination. You don't want two, two freshmen or two inexperienced players starting next to each other. You wouldn't want Devon Campbell next to Cam Williams, as an example. 
Uh, so you want that calming hand to the right or left. Um, and you, you've got to find the complementary parts, but that article is free. If you go over to the front page of Inside Texas, it's easy to find. Uh, it's worth a read, even if you don't agree with how it ends up, it's, it's good to have a, an understanding of how the players could possibly fit. There's a lot of combinations and uh, I called it a fool's errand for a reason because there's so many combinations. It's hard to, it's hard to get it exactly right. Well, you ended up predicting for those that, that didn't haven't read it. And I, I agree, go, go read it because I think it gives even deeper into the nuances of what we're talking about here. You ended up having the same starting four uh, on the left side from you had Kelvin Banks, Junior Angelau, uh, Jake Majors, and Hayden Connor. And then you ended up putting Connor, or excuse me, Connor, <laughs> Cam oh, Williams at right tackle over Christian Jones to end the year. That was kind of, I don't want to say it's your prediction, but that's kind of where you see it going. Well, I think Cam Williams has a much higher floor uh, than people realize. I think they see him being so big and, and maybe he's more of a work in progress. But like I've said in the past, I really like him in pass protection. Um, and then as a run blocker, you know, who's going to stand in front of him for, for you know, 40 plays in a row or 40, 40 run snaps. Um, so I think he's got a much higher floor and he's ready to contribute earlier. I think, uh, you know, being in football shape, not hitting that freshman wall is going to be key for him as far as uh, starting to, uh, late in the season. But, you know, it could, it could still be Christian Jones if he takes the big leap. Um, you know, I wouldn't entirely rule out Devon Campbell somehow finding his way over there just because he can, can be such a good athlete. Yeah, he is one of the – I think that's the thing that with Devon Campbell that, we're, that we, we don't know how to quantify. He's not yeah. necessarily the biggest, but he is probably the best athlete of that whole group. Well, he takes up a lot of space. He's got de decent arm length. He's, he's wide. You know, it's, it's, it's akin to playing Trey Hopkins at tackle, even though he's a better guard. Uh, you know, you do what you have to to get by. And then, you know, next year, I think they're going to have a much more uh, ideal offensive line that's, that's going to look like it's set in stone with, with, a, with a solid two deep going forward that, that becomes much more predictable, much less of a fool's errand. Got it. Um, Neto and Cole Hudson don't get a lot of uh, talk. We, we talked, but we did mention, you did mention both of those, which I think is great. Um, anything new on Connor Robertson or Malik Ogbo, uh, the two other uh, freshman offensive linemen that, that came in this year? Not brand spanking new, but, you know, what we've heard from offseason is that, that they really like both of them. Connor looks like an ideal center. You know, Kyle Flood identified him right out of the gates. Uh, he looks like a center that he would, he would have at Alabama. Uh, he's got guard size, but, you know, all those other uh, center traits that you need, quick, quickness off the ball, intelligence. Uh, Agbo, they like a lot. You know, they they probably they think he's going to end up at guard, but but he does have really good feet. Um, and, you know, he's probably the third or fourth right tackle option in that class. Uh, so guard is most likely. Uh, but even though he hasn't played as much football as some of the, the other guys, um, he's not he's not really actually far behind any of them. So, um, you know, I think he's still going to have a, a little bit further to go than some of the, the players that can play immediately. Uh, but, it, you know, he's going to be ready to contribute uh, second year. Crazy to me, um, we're sitting here talking about offensive line and just how many different permutations there can be. <clears throat> it shouldn't be surprising to us, but without that recruiting hall last year, this offensive line looks a lot more piece, piecemeal. Uh, yeah. There's not a lot of answers. There's not a lot of possibilities. Uh, you're, you're talking about guys having to step up that aren't necessarily uh, good enough uh, to yep. play. Uh, so uh, it just reinforces how important that recruiting class was to me. Um, all right, let, let's move on to recruiting from there and kind of push into that topic. Uh, Eric, Longhorn's at 18 commitments right now. A um, couple of guys expected to make decisions here in the next 
couple of weeks. <clears throat> Where do you see recruiting at right now for the Longhorns after this big rush of commitments following yeah. uh, Arch Manning? Where, like, a broad perspective for Texas fans to understand. Well, I think we're kind of in the in the in the eye of the storm. I mean, that momentum and the, those those heavy winds subsided a little bit, uh, but things are going to pick up. And you know, the back end's usually not as bad as the front end of the storm. Uh, and so, I don't think we're we're going to see you know a couple of misses. You know, I think Jane Greathouse is, is more likely to pick Notre Dame than Texas. Um, but you know, they're in great shape with Darian Gillette. Uh, it's a matter of whether or not they can get him in this month, or or if it, uh, it's prolonged a little bit. Uh, Malik Muhammad tweeted out last night that he's going to uh, announce on the 20th, July 20th. Uh, we've been way ahead of that one, saying it's very unlikely that that one goes to the end of the month. And of course, that's big because the end of the month is when the Aggies have one of their biggest uh, recruiting events of the year. Uh, I think he'll be committed by the 20th, and I, I think it, I think Texas is the team to beat still. Um, you know, we, we've been you know front and center on that recruitment. Um, you know, I'm kind of curious to see what happens with the edge recruits that they're they're uh, recruiting. Braylon Shelby at Friendswood. Uh, and Colton Vosick at Westlake. Uh, both those recruitments could go either way with, with USC uh, pushing for Bray, uh, Shelby and uh, Oregon pushing for, uh, for Vosick. I'm not, you know, I think we did percentages earlier in the week on that. I think I had Shelby at 55 or 60% to Texas and I had uh, Vosick as a coin flip, whether or not he wants to, to spread his wings and fly the coop or, or uh, stay closer to home with what he knows. Um, what, you know, Jerry and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. If uh, Muhammad chooses Texas, does that do anything with JV and Toviano or affect Jordan Matthews at all? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, I don't think it'll affect uh, Tobiano. Uh, Matthews, you know, I think they would probably try to try to get him in the boat a little quicker. You know, they're, they're, they want to get as many guys that, that are hard Texas leans in the class uh, so they can focus on the, the few remaining targets. And of course, the most important thing is going to be the season. Uh, without without having a good season, those those top car targets aren't going to matter. Um, I'm not going to say you know they're going to want to try to push them in a class. I think not not in a bad way. You know they're not going to out leverage them, but um, you know they'll have they'll have a little bit of leverage on their side. And then Tobiano, I think he's just the numbers busters regardless, uh, and they'll they'll have another space in the in the in the class for him. I don't think that you know he's not really a player that they'll be able to leverage because he can go pretty much anywhere he wants. Uh, Matthews is is getting a lot of attention of late too. And, and he'll be at the he'll be at the July barbecue at Texas, um, and so we'll see if maybe there's some some movement on that one. I'm not I'm not ruling out that he makes a summertime decision, but right now it seems like he wants to to commit uh, in early September or mid September. Uh, one note that did occur yesterday that uh, we did not mention in the the video, or uh, it was kind of one of those guys that we hadn't been tracking too hard uh, because Texas already has uh, I think four scholarship offensive linemen committed, Vice and Lang a big lineman out of Alabama, yeah. uh, scheduled his official visit to Texas and announced a top group of schools. Uh, he is a uh, four-star prospect out of uh, Alabama. Uh, it, you know, I my take on this, Eric, and I want to get your feedback on it. Uh, you mentioned they're kind of in the eye of the hurricane right now, waiting for the, the back end of the hurricane to happen yeah. as, it, as it comes in. I think it's a good analogy. Um, my My thought on it is, 
They're at 18 commitments right now. I think they've done a great job uh, of getting the offensive line almost done, right? Mm -hmm. That that's sometimes that kind of stuff just lingers. And I think that in his second year, you're right. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian is closing a little bit quicker on some guys as right. opposed to waiting um, yeah. and taking a more, uh, let's get to know you uh, situation because maybe he does know them sooner now that he's right. been in place for two years. And yeah. so I feel like uh, it's just, I'm not saying it's been more, uh, well, it's definitely been sooner, right? With the number of commitments, uh, but it's been more authority, authoritative this time around uh, as he's gotten to know the players and, and as he's yeah. been rounding another year. Yeah, he's dunking the layups instead of uh, laying it up and leaving it to chance. Maybe it goes off the back of the rim or something. Yeah, they're, they're, they're putting it down with authority on a fast break like Larry Nance back in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, only, you would, only you would mention Larry Nance, the slam yeah. dunk champ of, uh, you know. <laughs> that Statue of Liberty dunk, and then he just tucks his head and runs right back down on the court and then does it again. Yeah, um, I, I really like their approach, you know, but they're still – it's <clears throat> yeah, it's not like they're um, – it's not like they're threatening to pull scholarships or anything like that. They're just saying, Hey, look, we want you. Let's get this, let's get this over with. Um, and it, it's working a whole lot better, uh, especially, you know, with arch, uh, you know, the, the season did, did them no favors. We, we told, uh, we told our readers, there's going to be a long lull in that 2023 class. And, and once they get arch, it's going to take off. And, you know, that's what's happened. So they knew what to do once they got arch. That's for sure. They had a plan. They were not surprised by getting arch banning. They knew what to do the second he, he committed uh, and that the plan has worked really well. Capitalizing is key, right? It's one thing to, to hit a home run, but if nobody's on base, it's just a single. It's just it's just one run. You'd yeah. like to get uh, some guys on base before that. Hey, um, uh, Eric, uh, couple, before we go off a of recruit, or as we go off a of recruiting here, uh, Sarkeesian uh, scheduled to hit the mic tomorrow, along with Bijan, Roshan, some other guys at Big Twelve Media Days. Anything in uh, Justin uh, Inside Texas is going to be there with three three different guys. Uh, Ian Boyd, Justin Wells, uh, our Joe Cook also there as well. Anything in particular you're looking forward to uh, coming out of media days? Well, I mean, I haven't, you know, we, we know what Steve Sarkeesian is going to say because he's been saying it at numerous stops all the offseason. There's only so many, so many ways you could say the same thing. Um, I always love sending Ian Boyd uh, to these things. And for those of you that haven't watched any of the Ian Boyd videos, you, you should give it a shot because I guarantee you spent his whole flight down here uh, trying to figure out how he can get people to answer the, the questions that they don't want to answer. You know, he, he's good at hunting and pecking and figuring out ways to, to get people saying things that, oh man, should I have said that? Um, I want to see, see the scheme things that he comes up with, with them having both the Marvin Overshone and Ovi Agufo there. Um, I'm curious to see how that they, they redesign the defense because we know it's not going to be the exact same defense they ran this past season. Yeah, and, and there have been all kinds of speculations, uh, speculation around that, what what Texas might want to do with with uh, Overshown as opposed to just putting in in a prototypical linebacker spot where yep. uh, he has not necessarily performed uh, extremely well over the last couple of years. Um, the the thing that that gets me about this is realignment's going to obviously be a big big talk of it. Yeah. But largely that's not going to be a, a that 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 will probably be the single largest topic, but will not really affect Texas. No, I think, yeah, TCU is probably the one that's going to be in the crosshairs this week. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, re, realignment, uh, you know, it affects every school. 
um, it's to some degrees, but Texas's future is set with the SEC. And, you know, if you're at the top of the food chain, you don't have to worry about too much beneath you. Um, but I am curious to see if anything comes of this where it affects UT's timing of, of getting out of the Big 12. Uh, that remains to be seen. It, it's, a, it's a hard knot to unravel. Uh, but realignment kind of bores me, except for when it, uh, it, it affects UT directly. And here it's just kind of like, all right, whatever. We know that there's going to be a huge lands, uh, landscape shift. It's just a matter of if it's gradual or if it happens uh, rather quickly. Um, on Friday, Jerry Hamilton uh, of Inside Texas will be at the Future 50 event. Uh, guys there include Sadir Mitchell, Jontae Cook, um, Malik Muhammad, Javian Toviano, Miles McVeigh, some others. Um, Inside Texas uh, is on it right now, uh, to say the least. Uh, please come and, and visit us uh, at the site. We're also there uh, to answer your questions on the message boards. Eric, uh, the, the Inside Texas message board is a special place, a community that you've helped foster from the almost from the very outset. I want you to give people a taste of what you like about uh, the Inside Texas message board? Well, I mean, it's, it's a fun place to be. Um, you know, there's a lot of, I, my, my wife will sit there and ask you, are you cracking up at your own joke or somebody else's? And, <laughs> and, you know, more and more it's somebody else's, you know, she, uh, she always catches me laughing at my phone and I hear, I hear similar stories of people in the community, but um, you know, I, I'll tell you, I didn't know you were going to ask this question, but you know, when you hit, you hit your thirties, you don't think you're going to make any new friends, you know, maybe your neighbor, Bob, you have a beer after you guys mow the yard or something. Um, and not Bobby, but Bob, um, I, I don't have, I don't have a yard next to Bobby yet. Um, but, uh, you know, you don't think you're gonna make any new friends and it's amazing how many new friends I've made through that community, you know, like real friends, you know, there's, I've got a buddy in town right now. I'm in Lake Tahoe. I've got a good buddy staying down the road at a hotel. Uh, one of, it, he almost became one of the investors. The timing just didn't work out. Uh, but that's the type of community we have. And it's, it's a, it's a pretty smart community as far as the internet goes. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that the, the, the one thing I will say about Inside Texas, and I've been on all of them, essentially through my 25 year plus career, the elevated level of discussion is unmatched. Um, yeah. It's, it's, and they will take you to task if you're, uh, you know, being, I don't want to say not smart, but if you're being, you know, kind of below par, and they'll try to elevate the discussion. But what I like about it is, um, it is it is about Texas typically, right. and yeah. uh, it's not they're not trying to be all things to all people. It's not some hipster message board uh, that everybody's trying to be the cool guy and, and you know yeah. top ten this or top ten that. Uh, it yeah. really is mostly about the Longhorns and what they've seen and what they're hearing. Yeah, I mean board culture they're, they're a little protective of that, just like anybody would be of their own. Um, yeah, but but they do want to keep the elevate the, the discussion elevated. And if you don't know, just ask questions. You know, I'm I'm glad to help. You know, I'm not the smartest football guy on that board. There's there's commenters that are far smarter than me. Um, but I try to learn and, and and speak up when people do have questions about stuff I do know a lot about. But at the same time, it's serious about Texas football. But there's a whole lot of fun to be had on there as well. You know, they they do get a little silly at times. <laughs> I love the memes personally. All right, for uh, Eric, thanks for your time. Anything else you want to say before we let go this week of the state of the program? No, I'm just happy to have a, a media days here. To me, that always signifies that the offseason's uh, coming to a close and it's about time to get serious on, on practice and, and more importantly for our consumers, the practice reports. Yep. Malik Muhammad announces one week from today as well. All right. For Eric Nalin, publisher, InsideTexas.com, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this episode of the State of the Program on Texas Football. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. 
Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.